This is episode 115, Dyslexia featuring Jeanette Washington, part two. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of SLP's Wine and Cheese. I'm Maria. And I'm Deb. And here's our podcast. For the realistic SLP. Who is actively anti-racism. Yes. And today I wanted to bring up how, um, while Dr. Seuss is popular, whiteness is the center of the majority of his titles. In fact, 98% of his characters are white and there are no female characters. Well, not no female characters, but no main female characters. There's also anti-Asian, anti-Black and white supremacist messaging within um, several of his titles. So if you look through these books, there's a lot of stereotypical images of people from different backgrounds and um, it's just not something that we need to we can't be selectively anti-racist so i think it's important to consider the books that you're teaching from and if you need more suggestions you could check out a couple different instagrams we have um having our say mrs russell's room and read like a rock star oh and the conscious kid and they have several different they have um a lot of different titles that can help you target those same skills that you were using those dr seuss books for Great tip. Thank you for sharing that. Yes. And before we get into the second part of our interview with Jeanette Washington, I would like to know, what are you drinking, Deb? I just have plain old water. So, you know, keeping it healthy. Nice. I have a decaf coffee with heavy cream. Um, I'm in the third trimester of my pregnancy and I am trying to consume lots of calcium. So I've been drinking lots of milk and having cheese and yogurt um and all that fun stuff very and cool mm-hmm. and actually some vegetables i know are helpful too oh chia seeds i think i don't know i, re- I remember listening somewhere google this don't call okay. me right now there are other forms of calcium not just dairy yes yeah so. i have a list but i'm also just trying to have what i have handy and what i like so i'm like chocolate milk okay great can't go wrong. Love the chocolate milk. So we have our second part of our interview with Jeanette Washington coming right up. And um, I really enjoyed my interview with her. And the first part of the interview, we talked about diagnosing someone with dyslexia and she went and broke down into eight different parts. So they are in the show notes. But what I found interesting was the um, the intelligence testing and that Mm -hmm. people with dyslexia have typical intelligence or sometimes even greater, higher intelligence. So I thought that was very interesting. Very nice. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. So this next part of the interview, we're going to focus a little bit more on treatment and she gives some different ideas of what type of activities to do with those with dyslexia. And I had a great time because as she was talking all about speech, I'm just sitting there eating my cheese. So I had a great time. Good. So it sounds super informative. I'm ready to learn about dyslexia. Yes. So just please hold for this brief commercial break and we'll get right back to part two of our interview with Jeanette Washington. Hey, SLP's Wine and Cheese listeners. If you love our podcast, please rate and review us on iTunes. It really helps our podcast and helps us to stay on the airwaves. Also, be sure to check us out on Patreon, www 
patreon.com backslash SLPs wine and cheese. On Patreon, you could pledge to be a patron and you will have access to video content, exclusive interviews with Deb and some famous comedians and even bonus episodes. So please be sure to check us out on patreon.com. Thank you so very much for your support. We really appreciate it. Cheers. And now here's the second part of the interview with Jeanette and I, where we talk about individuals with a high IQ and dyslexia. As it relates to um, those tech professionals and entrepreneurs, I think about the fact that a lot of dyslexic students go throughout their lives um, not knowing that they have dyslexia and struggling to a point where they have to create ways in which they learn how to read. So they have to re-engineer and hack the way that the teacher or the SLP or even the reading specialist is is um, really working with them. Like they'll have to hack those tools and tricks and skills so they can learn and they can teach themselves. That um, sounds like so much extra work. Yes, it right? is. So now, like, I know when the teacher points to this board, what she really means is that's the letter Q. It's so exhausting that's to so try much. to do it the regular way or the prescribed way. Um, and you don't have these uh, educational stakeholders who are steeped in dyslexia, like they don't really know about it. So they might just say, here, read a book. And then the student can't read that book. So then they get mad. Oh my gosh, why aren't you able to read it? Let me teach you this way or let me teach you that way. And then all along that student isn't understanding either way that they're trying to teach them. So they're spending um, and exerting more energy trying to learn and teach themselves. So you can only imagine by the time they become adults, they've re-engineered teaching. Right. They, they can do, do anything. They do their you own thing. Go ahead and create a Tech 100 company. Like, you can do oh, it. Wow, that's just so much to take in there because that makes a lot of sense in a way that I did not think about. So the diagnosis, right? So I'm thinking in terms of an SLP. So I work in a okay. school with special needs children and how do let that's my setting, right? But let's say someone mm -hmm. who works in a school setting or even someone in preschool, like what is some, what are maybe some red flags or some indicators for an SLP? Like, you know, someone listening to this podcast right now might be like, is this, this kid that I'm working with dyslexic? Mm -hmm. Like what are some of those like telltale signs? Okay. So I think, um, first and foremost, before you get a um, referral from a teacher, there are some things that need to be considered. I know a lot of times teachers are just like, oh, this student is giving me the blues. He needs to see an SLP. But beforehand, we need to make sure we're very meticulous about the information we're gathering. What, what do you want to say, Maria? I'm just laughing. <laughs> because <laughs> you know that's how it happens like the teachers are overwhelmed so they're like hey speech teacher come on in here can you can you get come this can you I'm take this down. student too with you so it's important that we are keeping that paper trail and being meticulous about those indicators and some of the indicators the teacher may have may that's not dyslexia that's something else ma'am sir that's something else but uh, we want to do an accurate assessment, which you named yes. all those eight, right? 
was that murder. Uh, I'm trying to do them. So it's okay. It was mo- family, history, family um, history, oral and written oral um, assessment, uh, reading, achievement, IQ, articulation, motor skills, and then social skills. Okay. What's achievement? Like how, what grade they're in? If they've like, hmm, I yeah, that one. I think that would be more on along the lines of gathering data from uh, what they're doing in the classroom. Where are they at? You know, just getting that information from their homeschool home. I'm sorry, homeschool homeroom teacher. And I, I mean, if that may be a student. spelling test. That may be, um, you know, a written activity you had them do. But getting that information and bringing that to the table is so important. Um, Creating, I always say, keep that paper trail. You want to make sure you have all of this information documented. uh, Have a folder set up. So as you're looking through with that team of people, team of educators um, uh, or educational stakeholders, because they could be on any level within that, you know, interdisciplinary almost team. We want to make sure we're getting all of those dots pointed and those eyes, yeah. <laughs> those eyes dotted and those Sounds T's like crossed. What kind of letters am I making up over here? All the letters. <laughs> Make sure all your, all your ducks are in a row. Yes. I like that better. And listen, I don't even have wine and I'm over here getting tongue tied. Let me, let me get my, my little water in. Hold on. Mm. All right. There we go. So (laughs) indicators are going to include um, spelling phonetically and inconsistently, trouble with writing and copying. That's something that I see and I'm like, hmm, you know, if you write something on the board or you write something on, uh, let's say you have a little whiteboard, you write something and you're like, can you write this? And they're struggling um, early on or uh, especially after that second full year of them having instruction on grammar so like when they're in the first grade and they're still struggling and they've had uh kindergarten maybe pre-k under their belt where they were doing some writing there too so that could be an indicator of difficulty putting thoughts into words Mm -hmm. uh trouble with word retrieval um just you know like sometimes and i know i get this way as well when I'm like thinking of the word and I'm like I don't what, what am I trying to say but um difficulties with decoding um fluent word recognition if they're not able to to recognize it with you know finesse it like, rapid automation and naming it's a lot of things that um can really be the tipping point to help you see like hmm Okay. And also I want to keep, want you all to keep in mind that it varies by age. So Maria and I are talking about elementary students, but in middle school or high school, it could be a little more severe, especially if they're finding out that late in their academic journey. Right. And now, and that's what I'm thinking that maybe these kids, when they were four five, six, they're like, Oh, it's attention or, Oh, even, Mm -hmm. even like, um, you know, they need OT too. So it's handwriting. Let's say that's okay. the yep. motor part is important too. Mm-hmm. Or the vision, once he gets glasses, maybe he'll improve. So I'm sure there's a lot of kids that do fall through the cracks that by the time they are in high school, it's like, oh no, we like everyone has missed it. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And I've heard some very tragic stories about people um, being like high school and unable to read. That yes. can't be 
that can't be fun or good uh so you we gotta kind of focus on that early identification so that that early intervention can be that next segue so what advice if you may i'm since you're the expert if there are mm-hmm. educators now <laughs> who who are in high school right and now they're like what about us you know i'm just picture one SLP yeah. driving to work right now like but help me like you know, help, like, me, help me help me so <laughs> those slps that are so working I will, in the high school yeah and, and i know that that can definitely be uh trying so I think that it's important that you implement, I'm going to give you some more strategies uh, to yes. implement with your, your sessions, and I'm going to give you some information to look up to. So you want to look up the Orton Gillingham Academy. Yes. Orton Gillingham yeah. is an approach that began from two experts. Um, One was working in psychology because we know that dyslexia is a neurological based language disorder. Um, So yeah, and the the first known um, instance of dyslexia was 1887. So Orson Gillingham has been the most researched approach that exists. And through it, there has come programs like the Wilson, uh, Letters, um, let me think of some other one, Barton. It's about 58 different um, curriculums that have come from that Orton-Gillingham approach. So some of the key things you want to think about when you are wanting to uh, utilize an approach that's similar, you're like, well, look, I can't go to the Orton-Gillingham courses, but I want to still uh, teach students in a manner in which, um, which is uh, scientifically based and research based. So you want to make sure that your coursework or your um, lessons are repetitive, Mm -hmm. multi-sensory, incremental, sequential. Okay. So that's four that you can easily incorporate into any therapy session. Um, again, that's going to be repetitive. So you don't want to teach Johnny about a topic on Monday and then on Tuesday, you're teaching him a whole different topic. We want to make sure we are circling back around, even if it's the first five minutes of our therapy session. Hey, remember what we discussed yesterday? Right. You know, like continuation. Continuation. Yes. That is so important. Continuation. Even if it's the same story we're reading, like now we could talk about the characters. Come on, that's reading comprehension right there. A whole week of the characters, <laughs> even from Friday, cut out pictures yes. in this magazine that look that the character would like. I, I just yes, that yes. Out, but, well, we're talking for the high school, right? Think about yeah, but I mean, it works. I remember now. This was uh, this was high school. When I worked with this group of kids, I had about three kids, but and I, I don't know if I should call them kids. You know, high schoolers feel away about you calling them kids. But I remember, individuals. Um, yeah, individuals. <laughs> uh, I remember utilizing like current books, comic books, graphic novels, nice. um, magazines. And we would just talk about things. And and that first part of therapy is always that connection. Let's connect. Yes. 
let's let's talk so all in all you want to make sure it is repetitive multi-sensory is going to definitely be based on um, all of our senses. Now we can't use all five of our senses because we don't want to be eating in there too. But we, but we want to make sure they She's see it. Eating they... all the brie cheese, and she was like, "I don't want my kids doing what you're doing right now, Maria. Eating all the cheese it's, in front of me." It was perfect timing for me to it bring was. that up. Anyway, so we so, don't want them eating. But yeah, but we want to use our our multi-sensory skills. So we want to mm. tackle all of the. Um, I'm going to say it's three. So we want to tackle the, their vision, their hearing, um, and their manipulation. Okay. So, so visual, gestural slash tactile. Yeah. I was going to say tactile. So that's going to be important when teaching a concept, making sure all three of those are locked and loaded. You know, we want to have activities where they can manipulate that tactile, that kinesthetic. We want to make sure they're seeing it. They're hearing it. It's so important. So that's going to be another important um, vocal or um, a really uh, a, a focus point for us. Next, we want to make sure it's incremental and it's sequential. So those kind of go hand in hand. Uh, incremental meaning basically if we see that they've mastered something, go ahead and, and slowly and steadily add a little more depth to that right okay we don't want to overwhelm them but we can definitely say oh wow you are doing such a great job here's a little bit more info right. <laughs> so yeah as long as we are addressing those four different um skill sets as we are um providing therapy i think that we'll be on a roll i agree i like that mm -hmm. It, you mentioned multi-sensory, incremental, and sequential. Am I yep. missing one? And then it was, it was one more. It was repetitive. Repetitive. Yes. Mm -hmm. Those are very important to remember. Yeah. So, so that's our tip for, that was a lot of tips for our high schoolers. <laughs> or, or really, I feel like that applies to everyone, but that was just. Yeah. Yes. We, we dropping all the gems for our SLP friends. <laughs> we want to make sure you all are. Uh, set up for success. Yes, absolutely. So I actually want to ask about your book, right? Technical difficulties. Why dyslexic narratives matter in tech? Yes. So I wrote this book after having traveled around the world um, and going to different tech conferences and talking to uh, people about dyslexia. And it was, it's so random how I kind of fell into this space. So um, working as a SLP, I decided that I wanted to transition into more of a, a AAC, um, assistive technology space. So I learned how to code. And with learning how to code, I was like, oh, this is a, a brand new skill set. And it's amazing. I can build websites and apps. And so it was, it was pretty fulfilling. But um, I was, I don't know why. Uh, oh, so my friend was organizing a tech conference and he was like, why don't you just, you know, put your head in. And I'm like, what am I going to talk about? So yeah. I just, I was just like, hmm. So I work with kids with dyslexia because that was like largely my population I found. Mm. And so I was like, I wonder if I talk, do a talk rather about the prevalency of dyslexia and technology and like what tools 
people could use or like whether or not there are, you know, any instances of people in tech that have dyslexia. So I did a little research and I was like, oh, so it's a lot of people. (laughs) <laughs> a lot of people you just walked into with the it. right door. They're like, come on down, your new passion yeah. right through this door, combining tech and dyslexia. It was the right timing because once I pitched it, I got rave reviews. They were like, oh my gosh, we've never had anyone talk about this. I mean, the room was packed. I was like, oh, little old me. <laughs> so yeah. um, I'm one of those people where if I see something's working, I'm going to keep trying it. So um, then, and that was in Detroit. Then I did another talk in Chicago. And then before you know it, I was in the Dominican Republic. I was in Nigeria. I was in Dubai, like I was. I was like, wait a Take minute! With everybody you. wants. Do you want, do you everybody wants to know about this. My friend was like, "Do you need a personal assistant? I can definitely help you." So I say that to say my book was birthed after all of these different talks I gave and all of these different opportunities that I witnessed or experienced and saw people who were like, "Oh my gosh." You spoke to me. So on the back of my book, it says, there's never been a better time to consider how your skills can be harnessed within the tech industry. Tech is driving change in almost every major industry and so can you. Be on the front lines of solving important issues, re-engineering ecosystems and contributing to meaningful change in society. The tech jobs of tomorrow require your narrative. After all, technology will only be as good as the people it does the least for. So that's, that's it. You crack it open and it provides some really great resources to people who have dyslexia and they want to pursue careers in technology. And they're like, I know I have this elephant weighing on me and how am I going to really utilize this and and make a meaningful uh, way of life for myself or locate gainful employment. So I have some really cool um, infographics in here about how uh, ADHD and dyslexia have a very high comorbidity. And I have some info about language, receptive and expressive um, can all kind of present different indicators of dyslexia. And so, yeah, it's a a really cool book. And I'm grateful that I was able to put it out into the world. That's great. And they could purchase your book on Amazon if they... Yes. Books, Barnes and Noble and Amazon currently have my book. So, yes. Great. So, do you... So, there... I'm going to include in the show notes the link (laughs) to your website and um, your Instagram, Barely Articulating. Any other things that you wanted to plug? Oh, I think that's kind of it for me. I'm um, going to be working on some really cool posters and stickers for um, my SOP friends and fam. So we will see. Yeah, everybody's into the stickers now. Yeah. Yeah. Same. It's a thing. We made some stickers as well. SLPs one and cheese has some stickers. I need some. What's going on? We're going to have, you know, we could just (laughs) send each other stickers all the time. Yes, we will. We will. Sticker exchange with SLPs. Let's do it. So we like to uh, share 
uh, some tips and tricks. So I know you gave a lot of uh, tips and tricks, but I'll go first. So Mm -hmm. my tip, given everything that you mentioned about repetition and multisensory, I'm going to recommend to use a talking stick. And that could be anything. And I know now with COVID, we have to be careful what we're touching. So you might have to make it like just something that's easily Lysol. Or maybe maybe you want to pass around hand sanitizer as your talking stick. Okay. Right? And that helps Why not? give that visual and also that tactile of I am the one who's speaking. You are the other ones are listening and it helps. So I think it's great for social groups, even one-to-one sessions, especially in the push-in classroom, right? Let's pass the talking stick to our friend and mm-hmm. you think about that. So you could utilize a talking stick. So that's my tip. I like talking stick. I'm here for it. <laughs> and in that same vein, I am going to suggest some reading sticks. Um, I actually have some pick-a-sticks over here where you pick a really cool a motivational quote, reminder, or life hack. So um, so the stick I just pulled, I'll pull another one. It says, read more, especially things you may disagree with. Hmm. So I am going to uh, use that as my trick tip <laughs> to use a reading stick as you are utilizing um, print material or to just have your uh, learners grab a quote, reminder, or life hack. I like that. I'm going to even, maybe I'll even, you can use that for yourself too. So she just yeah. had popsicle sticks and they had <laughs> stuff written on them that I guess you printed and wrote on there and you created that mm-hmm. material yourself. So thank you for that. So <laughs> Jeanette wanted to leave us with a quote. So I will let you have yes so every year i have a quote or just a a thought a manifestation that i express um last year i think it was the time will pass anyway so for me that represented the fact that you know regardless if i uh decide to start today or if i start tomorrow I need to start at some point because that time is going to pass. I can either start something when I'm 25 or wait till I'm 35 and start it, like, which makes more sense. So this year, I am really harnessing this quote that I read. It said, and it's, it's an oldie, so a lot of you may be hip to it already, but it was that you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. That to me is, is going to take me into 221, 2021 with uh, some some purpose. Great. So I'm taking shots taking at every, shots. every chance I get. I'm taking shots. And if I miss a shot, that's fine. But you tried. At least you, I at least tried. you tried. I gave it my best shot. So I am going to empower all of you <laughs> to embody that. Like, let's take shots. Let's do I'll drink it. to that. I just took a shot of the rest. You of the did. <laughs> I mean, after that, what was I going to leave? I mean, I mean, why not? Left, but yeah, go ahead. I had to handle that. <laughs> Jeanette, thank you so very much for coming on our podcast. You've been a plethora of knowledge and information. Oh, thank I would you. love to have you back if you wanted to 
delve more into the topic of diagnosing differences between the boys and the girls. Yes. We had to take remember I, we had to swerve it back, but I was we had to swerve. We, we had to put the, put the pedal to the metal on that and, and exactly. skirt out a little bit. So <laughs> I think that'd be great. And then I'll do some research on my end so I can come with the numbers and come prepared. Yes. So no, yeah. You're perfectly prepared. It's all in here. That's what <laughs> I say sometimes. Listen, if I if you don't have it, you're like, I got it. It's all in here. It's all in your head. So you got all the material in your brain. So, and you just let it out today. Thank you so very much for your information and bringing awareness to this diagnosis that many SLPs or educators or parents, students don't even know about. So thank you so much. Say the name, dyslexia. Yes, say the name. Good night. And that's our show, everyone. Thank you so very much and stay tuned. We have more episodes coming out.